The Forever Bogus Podcast is brought to you by Ed's Retro Arcade and Chili. That's right, folks. If you're ever in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, be sure to stop into Big Ed's Retro Arcade and Chili. You know, good times, chili, retro gaming, what else do you want? That's right. If you're looking for a nostalgic good time, check out Ed's Retro Arcade and Chili. So if you were a Batman villain, based on real life experiences and a real personality, um, who would you say you, what would be your villain's deal? Whew. I I feel like I would just be the humorist. Okay. Not like the Joker. The Joker is way different. I'd be kind of nicer than the Joker. <laughs> so 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 basically <laughs> you're the Joker, but if he only wrote in, you know, semi-satirical political articles to his yes. local newspaper website absolutely and, and, but there are a lot of puns in there I, i'm i'm very punny uh, i'm very punny yeah yeah yes. yeah yeah you know what this actually logs in this kind of lines up man because uh we were you were a blogger for christmas <laughs> if you were a, if you were a holiday special <laughs> yes uh hallmark holiday special we decided blogger for christmas blogger for christmas that's a bit of an origin story yeah oh maybe it is maybe the that didn't go well and yes. now you're a you're an evil blogger. It was it was like oh, some sort of good. like governor or something or somebody from the Senate is trying to stop me. That's great. That's so, great. Here we go. How are you using blogs to fight Batman? Like, what are you doing? I, are you are you like doing smear campaigns and stuff? Yes, I'm trying to cancel oh. him. You're finding images of him hitting people and saying, <laughs> "Look, he hit a woman." Yes, exactly. Hashtag cancel Batman. Absolutely. I'm the humorist. That would be my villain. Hashtag enough what, is enough. What, wow. what about you, though? I've been thinking that uh, I would be the gobbler. <laughs> the, and I would be gobbler. a Thanksgiving-themed villain. <laughs> like the like WCW. Or was that WWF? No, that's or, the gobbledygooker. The gobbledygooker. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, for those listening at home that don't know, WWF had a... Uh, a giant turkey man that would come up and get his ass kicked every Thanksgiving, and he was yes. called the Gobbledygooker. But no, I am uh, uh, the Gobbler, and I okay. am a Thanksgiving-themed uh, villain. And basically, my whole thing that I'm stuck on is like, every year, Christmas gets closer and closer to Halloween, <laughs> right over Thanksgiving, and I want it to be Thanksgiving every day. <laughs> and I and, and I release just mountains of gravy from the building tops. Okay. And stuff. It's Thanksgiving forever. Like molted gravy. Yeah. My my origin story really happened to me though. Really? Uh, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> one time, um, I think I don't remember how old I was. I was pretty young. It's like a preteen, I guess. Uh-huh. You know. And uh. It was a weird Thanksgiving. Like, my dad wasn't going to be around. He had to work. And, like, I don't know, you know. So, my grandmother, who lived in Maine, it was, it had to have, I'm telling myself, convinced myself it was an accidental oversight. <laughs> but that's what it has to have been. She offered uh, to buy plane tickets for my mom, my little sister, and my uncle, who lived with us at the time, to come up to her house for Thanksgiving. But not you. My dad was going to be working, but not me. So, you were going to be home alone. And. I was going to be home alone, dude. Wow. I straight up like cried about it, dude. I was like, what, 
what am I going to do? Yeah. And that is my superhero origin origin. story. Wow. And then, you know, I'm like, you motherfuckers want it to be Christmas (laughs) earlier every year. But I want it to be Thanksgiving. You'll never forget me again. (laughs) (laughs) Imagine it's the Macy's Thanksgiving parade. Okay. (laughs) Here comes everybody's favorite giant orange cat, Garfield. Hey, wow, look at that. Is it snowing? No. It's mashed potatoes. (laughs) It's the gobbler. He's chopping hundreds of thousands of mashed potatoes over Broadway. (laughs) Well, welcome back, bogus fam, to the Forever Bogus Podcast. And it's me, your bogus host that knows the most, B-boy, humorous, bogus Bryce. What's your villain voice? You didn't really get into that too much. I really didn't. We'll we'll talk about that later. (laughs) But I'm always joined here by the one and only Gobbler. I'm the Gobbler. It's going to be Thanksgiving every day. (laughs) (laughs) You'll never forget me. Yeah. (laughs) Well, you know what? The thing is, the getting forgotten and left at home is not known by everybody. That's his secret origin story. I see. You know, and that's... It, it basically, Batman figures out that's my deal, and he invites me to his Thanksgiving, to, and I kind of, like, get happy. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. <laughs> or he goes and just beats the shit out of my grandma. That'd be pretty funny. <laughs> well, talking about beating the shit out of your grandma, as a quick reminder, the Bogus cast is sponsored by Ed's Retro Arcade and Chili. That's right, folks. That's right, folks. <laughs> there you go. Thank you for putting a little more energy into it. But when you're in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, check out Big Ed's Thanksgiving Chili. That's right. We're really excited. Listen, guys, I wanted to make an announcement tonight Okay. about Big Ed's Retro Arcade and Chili. Interesting. I did a little soul-searching uh, since our last episode. Okay. Uh, since the Halloween season ended, you know? Uh-huh. And... and, and uh, I did. I drove out. Uh, I was there, you know, after the Halloween, just kind of clearing my head, and and I and I got a chance to meet the fine folks at Big Ed's. Really, I got to settle a few scores with Big Ed himself. You know I mean? Listen, Bryce, you don't have to kayfabe for the audience. We talked about this. I know you I know, know about we did. this. We did. Okay? I'm glad you were able to air out some of your beef. I, I think things are going to be better now. I, I'm excited about the future. I think that he's he's got a whole lot of things. And I look forward to the future and our and our continued um, business together. Yes. Well, with that being said, what does Big Ed have on the menu for us today for this Thanksgiving meal? That's right. Today, uh, let's talk about Dutch from 1991. 1991's Thanksgiving classic Dutch starring Ed O'Neill as Dutch. Good old Al Bundy That's and right. Ethan Embry as Doyle. Did you see this movie before this or or no? I did not. I was going to ask you if you watched oh, cool, this when cool, you were cool. younger, but this is the first time I've ever really picked it up to watch it. Yeah, I didn't watch it when I was younger. Okay. And and the reason is because nobody did. Really? You know, like nobody fucking saw yeah, this. Yeah, nobody's really talking about this, I've noticed. It's, it is not a cult classic because no one knows about it. Huh. You know, it's just like... It has gone completely under the radar, and it bombed tremendously at the at the box office. Oh, like God. nobody paid to see this thing. That's sad. Uh, but and that's part of the reason why we don't know. Nobody knows about this movie because this should be up there with planes, trains, and automobiles, and, yes. and all the other uh, Thanksgiving specials you watch around this time of the year. I mean, th- this is basically another John Hughes buddy road trip movie. Well, it straight up is written by John Hughes. Yes. There you go. Uh, so, I mean, there's things like it. It does feel slightly 
lesser. I mean, I'm not going to play completely dumb to it. Uh-huh. You know, I'm not going to say, why does nobody know about it? I am shocked because it is very good. But when you watch it, you go, okay, this doesn't feel like the quality of Home Alone. Oh, I see. It's not Christopher Columbus. That's what it is. You know, the Christopher Columbus and John Hughes combination was always like a knockout of the park. Oh, magic. But sometimes, and that's the thing, like a lot of, sometimes people say, you know, uh, what's that Quentin Tarantino piece? Uh, Jackie Brown. A lot of people don't like Jackie Brown. I love generally it. Generally speaking. <laughs> Some people love it, but a lot of people generally say that's his worst movie. Okay. Um, and there's a reason for that is because there's only one movie in quentin tarantino's career where he worked with a different director of photography and that was jackie brown okay so when you're what you know normal movie watchers don't realize it but when you're watching a movie you're like something looks like bad about it's just all right like it looks like kind of yes so you're saying that this is this is john hughes jackie brown yes this is john hughes jackie brown Hmm. absolutely 100 percent a thousand Blah, blah, blah. And, and now people are starting to come around to Jackie Brown. So That is true. Um, I'm really hoping after this, we'll be turning some people on to Dutch. Well, let me tell you something about Dutch real quick before we get into it. Because I want everybody to check this out. If you're looking for something kind of nostalgic, like John Hughes thing. It's like, bro, it's like, you're, you know, Home Alone. Uh, planes, Trains, and Automobiles. All the wonderful, you know, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yeah. You ever see one of those movies and think like, oh man, I wish there was another one of these movies that I haven't seen yet. Yes. There is. There's a lot of them, movie. actually. It's Dutch. Yeah, there is. A lot. I think I think they did a good job with John Hughes, like, burying his failures. Yeah. Um, because, and now, I think this movie performs really well. Like, it feels like a really good movie, and it's funny, and it's enjoyable to watch. But when a movie fails at the box office, it's in the best interest of the producers and the studios to try to be- put that under the rug, because it makes everybody look bad. Yeah, you're right. Dude, okay, I got the numbers right here. This was a $17 million budget, and it made $4 million. So it lost huge. Wow. So now next time John Hughes wants to make a movie... They're going to look at that. They're going to look at... Before they look in their purse, they're going to say, hey, you just lost $15 million, you know, whatever the money is. You just lost a lot of money. Yeah. You know, so, so I think the reason why we don't know of these movies is because studios did a really good job of sweeping them under the rug when they failed. Um, but I think this one's failure was just circumstantial because this is mm. a great movie. I agree. Well, let's get into it then. Uh, yeah. Pretty much the summary is rough around the edges. Working class construction worker Gert Dutch volunteers to drive and pick up his new girlfriend's son, Doyle, for Thanksgiving. Little does he know that Doyle is a stuck up 12 year old snob who disapproves of him from the get go. That's a right. radical road trip ensues with many twists and turns along the way. It's a great Thanksgiving movie. It feels like Thanksgiving. It, it does. looks like it. Like it looks like the you know all the trees that they show and the skyline and stuff like that. It is your road comedy buddy movie. You know yeah. what I mean? It's 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 that standard. It is planes, trains, and automobiles, but with a slightly um, different angle because it's a, a two B stepdad. If we're, and, if uh, we're some going to compare it to planes, trains, and automobiles, then we kind of have to compare apples to bananas in a way. Because Steve Martin and John Candy, their chemistry on screen is phenomenal. But I will That's, have to say, yes, I yes. was pretty impressed with Ed and Ethan's chemistry mm-hmm. during this whole movie. I will say uh, Ed O'Neill is is he's great in this. He's he, really he's great fantastic. in this. You know, <laughs> When I first watch it, when you first watch the movie, I, I my thought was like, 
okay, he's a great, Al Bundy, right? He's great TV sitcom leading man. I don't know if he has that extra magic to be a movie leading man, because I think that's a different set of skills. I agree. That's what kind of made me stop in my tracks before I watch this, because I'm like, am yeah. I really going to like this or not? Because he's Dutch. Like, he's the main well, character of this entire movie. He plays kind of a crazy man. Yes, you know, there's a point in the scene where he holds a gun to the kid and he has just this lunatic <laughs> smile that, like, nobody else could do differently. I think uh, Ethan calls him a demented child. And I think that's, like, the perfect way to sum up his character. Oh, wait, are you saying Ethan? Uh, yeah, Ethan said that. Yeah, oh, Ethan's okay. character so says the, that, the too. The little kid that... that Doyle. Uh, <laughs> so let's... Yeah, but actually, you know what's funny? He never learns Doyle's name through the whole movie. Even the I last scene, that. Every, every single time he calls him a different... Doug, David... No, it's always something with a D. Yes. And even the last scene, he calls him like Dougie or something <laughs> like that, you know? So it was a good bit. Like, he it never bothered to learn the guy's name. Um, yeah, just your classic Thanksgiving movie, picking up the uh, the stepson, trying to impress the new uh, fiancé-to-be mm-hmm. and uh, bringing him home for Thanksgiving. But he's like, a, he's a really snooty rich guy because his dad is Shooter McGavin. Yes, uh, he is. From um, <laughs> Happy Gilmore. Yep, that's right. Has that guy ever not played an asshole? You know what? I don't think so. Like every movie I've seen him in, he's always kind of the villain or an asshole. Um, I mean, it works for him. He's typecasted. It works for yeah. him. But but anyway, so I watched a very low budget interview with Ed, and he mentions that he was actually really worried working with Ethan because oh really yeah 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 because he thought he'd be terrible because Ethan had never done a movie until Dutch. Oh, but he was—he was actually pretty—he's actually pleasantly surprised when he yes. had that very first scene with them, like because they really didn't talk before that scene. So when they got together and then they kind of spoke briefly before the scene, like what's going to happen, and they started it, Ed was actually very impressed. Here's the thing, uh, Ethan here, the little actor Ethan who plays Doyle. Uh, Doyle is that his name? Doyle. It sounds weird. Well, actually, we'll just call him. We'll call him anything with a D because okay. that's what that's, uh, how, that's, what that's how Dutch did. Yeah. yes yeah <laughs> uh, that's what Dutch did yeah okay yeah. so Doug but this so Dougie here he is a great little kid actor he's actually like really impressive the trouble is uh, his assignment was to play the most insufferable little piece of shit in the yeah. world but he killed so it so he does it yes. I hate him from the get-go. That's impressive. He he accomplishes the job, but the job kind of upsets you a little bit. Yeah, you're right. You I know can what see I mean? that. Yeah. That was the criticism that... Because this movie was slammed uh, by critics. Yes. And one of the things was, was like, I hate this kid so much, and I don't like watching him that long. Like, you know, um, Kevin McAllister was a rotten asshole, yeah. but you got to see um, him care about his family. And you got to see him uh, learn and be smart. And, and so you saw different parts of his character, well, not just him being a rotten asshole. Well, Derek actually learns a lesson before the end of the of the movie. Yeah. I think so. Derek. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, he does. He definitely does. The problem is, is that I actually tracked that. Uh, it is one hour and 20 minutes before Donnie <laughs> does anything really? redeemable. Yes. It's exactly an hour and 20. So I've never really timed really, that before. Yes. The scene that he does it is uh, they're on the road trying to get home for Thanksgiving, back to Chicago, just like all John Hughes pictures. Everything is Chicago, yeah, everything Chicago, Chicago, Chicago. Yes. And uh, all these mishaps take them to them having to stay in a homeless shelter for the night. And they're staying with a bunch of homeless people. And uh, 
this little homeless girl tries to take his bread and he first he's like no oh, yes and then he and then he's like okay you can have it and that's the first time you see him be like nice it's and then kind of the first there, time that you see dutch and dennis kind of connect too because yes, because yes. dutch looks at him he's like that was really nice of you yes uh, and and then it, they kind of connect from there, and their connection just gets bigger and bigger. That's sort of like, you know, the big part of the movie. I, I you would recommend this movie, I think, right? Hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. But it, it took me a while to really get into it. It wasn't until the fireworks scene, really, is when oh, I was yeah, like, I love that's this when movie. You said you were really into yes, it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So uh, actually, Ed O'Neill also explained during that interview that that entire scene was improv. Like their dialogue was written. But everything else was improv. Wow. Okay. So like all his dancing and stuff like that. And yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah his yeah. dancing and like him like blowing up stuff. I, I love his line. He's like, we got M80s, dra- Dragon Tongues, Bombay, Bungles, Jersey Stinkers. Jersey Stinkers. That's going to be my new <laughs> What's name. That? I'm a Jersey what is, Stinker. What is Jersey Stinkers? I think that's made up. <laughs> Point is, this is a great movie. I really recommend this for the Thanksgiving season, but why does nobody know about this? And actually, this is a little bit of a research I did. Why does it fail? Because- yeah. I tried to Google this actually, and okay. I said, uh, you know, why, "Why? Why did this fail? Why is this a box office failure?" Google didn't doesn't have an answer for that. They're like, "What are you? Ta- go back to work. What are you doing? Why are you googling <laughs> this at two in the afternoon?" Like I said earlier, this is a seventeen million dollar budget, and it brought back four million dollars. So they, 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 they took a really big bad. This is really bad. This should have ended the career of everyone involved. You're so right. Um, you know, uh, Ed O'Neill. Ethan, uh, John Hughes, everybody should have never worked again after this. Uh, and I'm glad they did because they all went on to make good things. Yeah. But that's just kind of how it goes. Now, I did my own independent research because there was no answer as to why this really failed. And and here's what I can surmise. Let's, let's hear it. This movie did not come out in the Thanksgiving season. Let's really? start with that. So a, Thanksgiving, a cold, snowy Thanksgiving road movie... Uh, that should have easily came out in November, came out in July. July? Here's the thing. In those July months, you're going against the studio's biggest bets of the year. Okay. You're going against their summer blockbusters. Gotcha. So it came out at the same time as Terminator 2. Ooh. Yes. And it came out at the same time... As the 1001 Dalmatians re-release, which made like a crazy amount of money. A lot of people went back to see that It kick-started the whole like live action version of Disney classics. And it came out the same time as Point Break. So you're going against Terminator (laughs) 2, the Disney animation re-release. You're going against Point Break and you just got this weird little movie that has Thanksgiving that's happening during July. This movie just came out actually like now in current times, like last month or something called uh, uh, Family Easter. And it looked like a genuinely like, oh, there's not a lot of Easter comedies and this looks kind of funny. And it was like big comedian stuff. But it came out during the Halloween season. Yeah. Who was going to see that? (laughs) Nobody. Um, And, you know, so you got that and, and it's going against. God, like they they really slammed it in the Chicago t- Sun Times, like uh, mm. Siskel and Ebert and stuff. They said oh, that yes. um, they said Ed O'Neill was unlikable, and so was the kid. So you weren't sure who you're supposed to be rooting for. And they nothing said was really these... realistic. Like you can't yeah, relate to anybody. Yeah. Like I think the idea, like w- when you watch Plain Strangers and Automobiles, 
Um, you're supposed to think that Doug, Del Griffith, uh-huh. uh, John Candy's character, is like an annoying asshole the whole time. And you're like, oh, this fucking guy, this fuck. And then you do that swap that happens in these buddy movies where you go, no, wait a second. He's just a nice, you know, overbearing, overarching yeah, loving guy. loving guy, yeah. Actually, uh... Steve Martin's a kind of a bit of a stuck-up asshole. Oh, he you know, you do is. that. You do that yes, turn. You do the flip-flop. I think that flip-flop is necessary uh, for these buddy movies, and that's what you know these critics are saying or were saying back then. So that didn't really have that. At times, you're like, I want to root for Ed O'Neill, but he's a fucking psychopath, and I want to yes. root for this kid, but he's a degenerate asshole. That's a pretty good uh, not, point. Yeah. So I think. Um, it got roasted, so people didn't bother seeing it. Everybody was told it was bad. It came out the same time as fucking Terminator 2. It came out in the summer. I think that it was just the perfect storm for a movie to fail. And the reason why it went years and years without being known is what we talked about a few moments ago. These big people know it's in their best interest to sweep it under the rug when they fail yeah. this hard because it could prevent future opportunities. It's, it's too bad that they didn't do like a big home release for Thanksgiving that year. Like you, you think that that would be the proper move after it failing in the box office because you I've seen so many movies that fail in the theaters, but are so successful when it goes yes. to, to uh, the yeah. home movie. But so you think that the, the studio would do that or the, whoever would do that, but that's totally unfortunate because I will be honest, this has become one of my favorite Thanksgiving movies. If Planes, Trains, and Automobiles wasn't in the picture, this would be the best one. I agree. Because um, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles does have that thing, like we were talking about how Dutch is kind of John Hughes, Jackie Brown in a way. Yes. It does, it does have that look like when you're watching it, it looks a bit cheaper than a lot of the, the John Hughes entries. But I also think that's because of the choice of the actors. You have a lot of like unknown actors. Like Ed O'Neill during the time, I don't think was even working on Mary with Children, right? I don't know. I don't. I think that started in the '80s, so he might have already okay. been there. Okay. So, so really, he's kind of the only known actor, and he's yeah. playing. He's playing this this lead, and he's certainly not a movie leading man. You know. No, exactly. This is going to say. Like we we talked about it before. I, I was very worried that I wouldn't like this movie because of of, of Ed O'Neill. Yeah, he wound up being kind of like the better actor. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But did you know? Yeah. that Ed was not their first pick for the role of Dutch. I heard this and I tried not to look into this because I knew okay. you were excited to research it, but I saw a little bit, but I, I want you to break it down So, way. So John yeah. Hughes and the director Peter Fairman wanted John Candy initially. Like, they wrote the yeah. part for John Candy. Fucking love. Like, I mean, John Candy, besides people I know, like family and wife and uh-huh. stuff, is... And friends is my favorite person in the universe. I agree. He's uh, such you know, a sweetheart. I love him so much. You know, ha- like that thing they say: if you could have a magic dinner with a dead celebrity, you know, or any person <laughs> of history, yours would be John Candy. I would take John Candy over, like even an opportunity to get Bill Gates to give me like a lot of money. You know, wow. just, you know, I I would take yeah, John Candy over anybody. I love John Candy. I think the reason why they didn't do this is because uh, planes, trains, and automobiles. That's exactly oh, what it's happened. Very similar. Yes, yeah. exactly. So they went around and around for for months. It seemed like, uh, but they uh, finally decided to move on and see if the, just offer the the role to somebody else. But they did not offer it to Ed O'Neill initially either. Okay, th- this is where it gets kind of wild. So okay. there, there's a full list that they considered. They didn't actually approach anybody besides Mel Gibson, and he turned it down. He but, turned it down. I read that. Yes. So I'm trying to imagine this movie would not work with Mel no, Gibson. No, it would not. It, it also would not work with Tim Allen, Tom Hanks, oh. Robin Williams, 
or Bill Murray. I don't see it working with any of them. Maybe Bill Murray, but I don't. But he's he's so known for larger movies. I don't think he would work very well in this John Hughes written picture. Okay, I'm going to tell you a few things that just came in my head. Real okay. rapid fire things. Since okay. I've been a, you know, self-described movie buff for a bunch of years and I have Here a lot of go. opinions on this. Bill Murray would have been great. Okay. Uh, he wouldn't have done the same character as Ed O'Neill. Absolutely he would have not. Done his more sarcastic. He doesn't have sarcastic. Kind of I don't an have asshole. time for this kid. Kind of an asshole. Exactly. He would be Peter Venkman. Essentially. Yes, exactly. Bill Murray pretty notoriously hates kids. He when does. When he works on sets with kids, he it's it's usually reported that he's pretty mean to them. Um, so I don't think that he would have ever taken it. And if he did, maybe we would have got a different performance out of Ethan because he would have been getting bullied in between takes and that's, stuff like yes, that. Yes, yes. That's you exactly know? what I was thinking. Bill Murray can can carry a film. Oh, yeah. But he's he's a bit of like a solo actor. When he works with people, he has some sort of chemistry with it. But really, it seems like he's the star of the movie, every movie that he's in. He's the star even when he's not the star. Exactly. And that, that's that just happens. Yes. But he like... He also is a loose cannon because they didn't know if he was going to show up on set for Ghostbusters 2 I until know. the day of, exactly. until like the first day. Like, they were just Bill showing up? We don't know. He hasn't signed the contract yet. He would just be horrible up. to work with in that regard. But anyways, they, they finally landed on Ed O'Neill, and then John Hughes became besties, like instant besties during the filming of Dutch. And... John would even call Ed every day to go over the like the upcoming script, all the dailies, or just to shoot the shit. Like they become pretty yeah. good friends. And John even invited Ed over for dinner multiple times to eat dinner with his family. That good old Chicago suburb <laughs> dinner. Right. What just do they eat dish? over there? Deep yeah, dish. It's be That's just it. heavy pizza. <laughs> Just real heavy pizzas. But here's the funny part, though. Here's the kicker. It all stopped when the movie came out and flopped in the box office. So like, Ed stopped. John stopped calling Ed altogether. Yes, he ruined my movie. <laughs> uh, so that actually that that actually says a lot because that means that John Hughes probably thinks that the main reason it failed is because they didn't get a bigger actor like Bill Murray. Yes. But I think I think going against Terminator Two is a bigger. A bigger decider. I think it was the the date that they released it. I don't know why they couldn't have waited. But there's a scene in this movie that made me pop pretty big. And usually I don't put, like I watch a whole comedy movie and not laugh once. And so this making me laugh at all is is a sign that you should check okay, it out. What scene was um, it? It was the scene where um, the boy Dougie Dylan uh-huh. Doofus. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. He's he's washing up in the bathroom of the bus station, and uh, you know, like they're they're starting to get along a little bit, but not quite yet. But he's washing up in the bus station. He looks over, and there's this old, gross, toothless man with his shirt off, rubbing his body down with a wet paper towel. <laughs> yeah. And he looks at him. He smiles. He goes, "You getting hungry for your turkey dinner?" As he's rubbing his armpit. <laughs> And that just made me pop like pretty big. And that I, was I probably it, written like not as a comedy bit at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and I, it, 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 yes, yes. I love was, that. I really like something about this film. Like, I, you know, Marvel and stuff. They started making all those movies that are all connected. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to see this one, and you. Well, I, I, I like movies that all exist in the same universe, but me they're too. not. They're not. Uh, fully dependent on you having exactly. seen everything leading up to you, you it. You don't have to watch plane, trains, and automobiles to watch Dutch. Yes. Yes. Yes, exactly. And that actually is a thing here because John Hughes has a... Not every one of his movies seem 
to take place in the uh, connected universe, according to him. But he has a few movies that all take place in the same world. So this movie takes place in the same world as Home Alone. Well, that makes so sense. So as you're watching Dutch, uh, just know that just north, you know, there is the McAllisters having Hanging their out. Thanksgiving. And, you and know? Probably like three blocks away from, from... No cameos, <laughs> but like, that's it's just enough for me to know, like, oh man... These dudes could run into each other at, you know, getting out to get heavy ass pizzas. And I feel that and I feel that uh, the adventures of babysitting is in the same universe as well. Well, I don't know. He he announced which ones he considers. To oh, be in he the same actually. Universe. Oh, OK. Yes. I got gotcha. you. So I gotcha. he said uh, this one, uh, Dutch career opportunities, Curly Sue and Home Alone. Mm. He, he So Home Alone being obviously the most known out of all of them. And, you know the other the other two even even less than this one that's he true has a good, he has a good way of sweeping his bad ones under the rug i don't know he's, how he does it he's just like oh, that's not my movie i i john hughes he must have grown up rich right i have all no of this idea stuff is about yeah I, I don't know it's all about really people like ferris bueller man that's it love that movie really do one of my favorites honestly but likewise like, that's an unrelatable kid oh yeah he's an he's asshole like, too He's an asshole and he's the richest kid in the world. I wonder if he was a little asshole when he was younger. Uh, oh, wow. It has yeah. to. He had to have been because well, Kevin McAllister, asshole. Yeah, you're right. Doyle, asshole. Curly John Hughes, Sue, writes, a, John asshole. Hughes writes a lot of little kid assholes. Yes, he does. He? Yeah, yes, yeah, he yeah. does. Um, but it works for but, him. It works so well. Did you know that uh, this was not the last time that Ed O'Neill and Ethan Embry, the two stars of this movie, would work together? Because later they worked on Dragnet. Three, yep, they did Dragnet together. Yep, terrible detective show you oh, yeah. never need to watch. But it's just kind of cool. And they still, I watched a clip of them together. They still have like good on-screen chemistry. You know, they're that's awesome. They're, they're really good together. And and I think that's the point of Thanksgiving, man. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I agree. So this Thanksgiving, if you're looking for a new comedy, like a buddy road trip Thanksgiving comedy, and you haven't seen Dutch yet, pick it up. Even if you have seen it, well, rewatch it this year. We both definitely highly recommend this film. Yeah. That you check it out. It's a great comedy. It's a great undiscovered John Hughes movie. It's a great Thanksgiving movie. Gobbler, I have to say that this movie made me realize I absolutely love buddy road trip movies. That's a, like a favorite genre of mine, the buddy road trip movies. It has and become mine I, too. I got to thinking of some of my favorite ones and I was Googling what other ones are similar. There's so many of them. If it's there, a genre you like, it's like a really endless thing. And I didn't realize that until I started digging the same way. Like I have a full yeah. list from like Little Miss Sunshine to Tommy Boy all the yes. way to Grind. You remember Grind? Yes. Oh, yeah. It's <laughs> Great like, road trip rad movie. skateboarding movie. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. but my absolute favorite road trip movie is Dumb and Dumber. Fucking, yes. I forgot that was a road trip movie. Hell. That's, a, that's a road yes. buddy movie. Yeah. I love it. Dumb and Dumber is the most quotable movie among like all my long time or long existing friends. Like my buddy Patrick, shout out to Patrick, could very easily quote the entire movie from beginning to end. I could see you uh, and the bros down in the basement with the shirts off <laughs> and your lunch break, smoke a weed going, yeah. you want to hear the most annoying sound in the right? world? Or a lovely accent you have there. New Jersey? <laughs> <laughs> I guess, bro. I guess. I don't know the Jersey accent, but I guess. Um, What's your favorite road trip movie? If I'm going to point out one uh, buddy road trip movie, I want to point out Over the Top. 
from over the top starring sylvester stallone i've never thought of that being a road trip movie yeah a lot okay so over the top is a canon movie if you know canon films basically that's my favorite shit outside because of, like, it's Halloween over the top is everything is over the top with it is over the top <laughs> you know they uh they made all the chuck norris movies of the 80s they made a lot of the death wish movies uh they made the master of the universe live action movie um they made going bananas the, they made the live action captain america from the 80s oh yeah uh, they're they, like they would pretty much make anything they were the definition of low, when you think of low budget eighties action, it was canon. 100%. They did it, you know. Yep. Uh, I fucking love canon. So there's this movie um, called Over the Top. So Sylvester Stallone is in it. He plays a trucker, but he's also a pro arm wrestler. Okay, and his name is Lincoln <laughs> Hawk. Um, and he needs to get to Las Vegas to compete in the world arm wrestling tournament. Just, just dudes. Flexing muscles, sweating all over and each screaming. other. Yes. Picture, picture young Sylvester Stallone arm wrestling with a big, giant bearded guy across him, and they're both sweating and they're both going, <laughs> Doesn't it have its own theme song? It has its own theme song. Um, oh, no, I didn't even finish the plot. Um, <laughs> I don't think we have to. The point of the movie, uh, he get, he, but the, what makes it a road movie is that he has to get his estranged son to his dying mother across the country. Oh, in that's Las Vegas. right. Okay. So, like, he he was with the lady, but he's not anymore. And now that he's dying, he wants to bring the son over there. Yeah. Blah blah blah. And also, in the meantime, he's got to be a real strong badass and stuff like that. And what a weird you know, combination. Canon Phil, it's it's so weird. Some okay. Here's what here's what let me let me describe this. If you haven't seen or heard of this movie, imagine Footloose. If it was a Chuck Norris movie, but replace all the dancing with arm wrestling. <laughs> that is over the wow. top. Okay? Wow. Wow. That, um, that deserves a standing ovation. That's you're so spot on. Thank you. And I want to point out that it has one of the coolest action figure lines of all time. Very underrated. People don't know about <laughs> yes. it. Um, they were like these big blocky 80s action figures, but they had a little mechanism so you can make the figures arm wrestle, dude. <laughs> Fucking strong. Bo- or buddy road movie but i mean i'm sure that's some of your personal road trip experience you, you road trip a lot when you were a kid we actually did it quite often especially around the holiday season because my dad's grandparents lived in illinois so yeah. it was like a good five hour drive for us that we had to find a way to entertain ourselves and i'm sure you yeah, can relate man. to this because we grew up in the time of game boy and game boy pocket so yeah, that's that's why I got bad posture, dude. Oh, same 100%. here, same here, same thing with my eyes. That's where that's why I wear glasses now. Trying to get the rare candies at Pokemon <laughs> all day. Actually, for me, it was a Donkey Kong Land. Okay, yeah, that's a very that's a very Missouri answer. That's a very out of left field answer. Thank you, Missouri, M- Missouri. <laughs> okay, Art Bell. Uh, but no, it was actually my favorite back in the day because it wasn't really necessarily like a, a port from the uh, Super Nintendo Donkey Kong Country. It was kind of lesser than. Wait, but, is this on Game Boy Color or is this on the brick? It's, it's on, it was on the brick. Well, I actually had okay. a Game Boy Pocket, a red Game Boy Pocket, which I think I've yeah. talked about on the show before. But Game Boys were notorious of eating up AA batteries. And if you forgot to bring an extra pair, you were fucked. The entire road trip. Oh, yeah, man. If you finished your, your batteries and you were on a road trip and you didn't have more, you had to actually try to talk to your family, God, or, for fucking bit. Or hope that there was like an I Spy book or like a Where's Waldo book or you brought your yeah. comics. Like, yeah. It was torture. But anyway, so my dad and stepmom later got a huge van for all these road trips. And this van had a built-in TV DVD player. 
So road oh, trips yeah. actually became pretty enjoyable. But the the wait, absolute... wait you you had a, you're talking about a van? Yep, it had a van, like a and so soccer you, you, mom van. Who's back there? Just paint the picture. You and your brother? Me, my brother, my other brother Clint, my sister yeah. Abby, and then my younger sister Lexi. So there were five oh, of us all man. together. But dude, shit got real when we were able to bring our GameCube and plug it into this little built-in oh, TV. Are you fucking serious? Dude, it was insane. But the only problem was the audio was only allowed through like all the speakers in the van. So everybody had to hear us play Resident Evil 4. <laughs> you, so you were playing, who was playing? Because that's a one-player game. It is a one-player game, but it, the screen was large enough where everybody could enjoy it. Who would, let me ask you a question. Are you playing it or are you watching? <laughs> a little bit of both. It depends. Like, we would take turns. Oh, that's We no would good. share. We'd share. You can't play an RPG and take turns and expect the next person to remember the controllers as good as when he last played it two hours ago. That's a pretty good point, but it was just the guys that were that were playing. Like, we really didn't let the girls play. Plus, they weren't really interested in that because it's a horror so game. A, they're having a bad time anyway. That's what I'm they're saying. They're not having a bad time. My youngest sister is getting car sick and my, my middle sister is asleep. Your middle sister was asleep because she wanted Family Feud and you guys were like, no, let's... <laughs> Let's play Leon Kennedy with the great haircut. Muy bien, Estudi. Muy bien, Estudi. Matalo. That's a great game. I love, I that, love game. that game. I still play um, it to this day. I really enjoy it. But what, I tried to have his haircut for a lot of years, man. You still kind of uh, do have the Leon cut right now. Anytime it grows out a bit, I, I start going, oh, yeah, Leon Kennedy's back. Or do, do you go to Supercuts and ask for the Leon? I go to Supercuts and I show them a picture of a GameCube cover from 2003. <laughs> and I say, this is what I want. Yes. Imagine, you know, imagine working at Supercuts and some kid walks in and he shows you like a Naruto book cover. Like, I'm mostly going for this. Like, oh, shit. And you just got to act normal. Oh, fuck. Like, right. He, he has a, he's wearing a tail. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> fucking nobody's bullying anybody anymore. Nope. nope. <laughs> but what would you do on road trips when you were younger? Man, there was a few things. So, like, we used to drive to Maine every year for Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, my mom and my sister really liked the Shrek soundtrack. Oh, good God. And they would just they would just play it over and over again. <laughs> and uh, actually, I feel bad, man. I feel bad even saying it in recording, but it was the first time I ever lied to my mom, first and last time. Uh, she fell asleep. And then as soon as they fell asleep, we turned on, like, I think I was in a heavy disturbed phase at the time. So I, I, I flipped out to disturb, <laughs> but I kept the volume low. But when they woke up, they said, Hey, what happened to Shrek? And I was like, we looped it like six times. <laughs> meanwhile, they only played one song before they fell asleep. I'm a believer. And you just turned yeah. that shit off. <laughs> I do. No, no. I listened to that soundtrack so many fucking times because of my little sister that, uh, I know all the songs. In fact, it was on, it was on TV the other day. Hallelujah. And, uh, not Hallelujah. deeper. You're still, you're still in the, S tier, top tier, <laughs> well known. I could tell you the the D tier, the deeper cuts, D and E tier cuts of the Shrek soundtrack. <laughs> but that's just one little thing. I mean, a lot of times, you know, uh, I guess when my sister was around like three, and I was probably thirteen, we got a portable VCR in the car, but it wasn't nice. like connected to the roof like one of those. It was one like you had to hitch it in between the two front seats. Oh, I see. And okay. It flipped up and plugged into the cigarette lighter and stuff. It was a cool little thing. And she was like three, so it kept her busy. She watched Shrek all the time. She also liked God the Scooby Doo movie and stuff. <laughs> but there was one time, man, where um, when I was a kid, I 
young teen like that, 13, I had a little skateboarding video that I made with my friends all the time. And uh, we would try to do a little corny jackass. St- and nobody wants to get hurt. That's the thing. You want to make of course. jackass stunts, but nobody nobody wants to get hurt. So it was like skateboarding and little weak stunts and doing little skits here and there. I, I think I've talked about it on the show before. But you were proud of it, I'm sure. I was proud of it. And I would update my family all like all like once a week. I'd say, all right, guys, I added a new part to the movie. <laughs> and I would just have them watch the whole thing. And, stuff. No. <laughs> and then... Uh, so one time I had I had three VHS tapes because they were mini VHSs that fit into this camera. Okay. And uh, and so those were harder to come by than like the big ones. And so I had three of them. So I would often have to like retape over stuff. Like I'd get footage on one and then I'd transfer it to the master tape and stuff. And uh, one time, man, I didn't really have good internet. So my I went to my friend's house in middle school and these were kind of like bad kids, man. <laughs> and uh they lived in the next town over they were they were on the other side of the tracks literally and uh <laughs> and uh man they were watching some hardcore pornography when i got in there oh, and as a, kid with, as a kid with no internet i was like damn this is different for me and uh <laughs> oh, so God. i recorded some of it on my vhs tape because no. i just no. wanted to see it later <laughs> when i got home for no real reason okay yeah man but just here's what i did i just thought let me just record the tv very hardcore scene blast With your really camera? really hard blast and so but it didn't okay. look that good because it was you imagine what a vcr camera looks like yes. pointed at a tv yes. you know what i mean oh god uh, so i didn't i don't know okay so i before i started recording i rewound the tape you know i wanted to get it all in the beginning so i didn't have to search for the part you know and uh it rewound like a little bit past its farthest rewinding point okay if that makes sense yes so i started recording so there was 1.5 seconds of very hardcore pornography on this tape that i couldn't erase because it somehow went a little bit it went a little bit beyond the real so when you would press play you'd see one second of like the hardest pounding oh my yeah one frame of the but no it was you'd see some movement there was like three three pumps (laughs) um and i could never get rid of it and uh, so basically what I would do is I started recording my master tape of our film, uh, which which at the time was called Journey to Alaska. That was the name of our movie. Okay. And um, I started recording the master tape on that same tape over the pornography, the hardcore <laughs> slamming. So every time I went to play it, there was that three seconds of hardcore slamming before the movie started. And I didn't so- do it on purpose. I actually wanted to get rid of it. <laughs> so you sit your parents down to watch this. Well, what I would do, and I'd go down and show them every week to show them the updates. I would go past upstairs in my room. I would go past that point, stop the tape, come down, go downstairs. I forgot about that, and I was showing uh, my grandparents and stuff the movie in the car. No. And there was the the real (laughs) heavy blasting before the film started, and I forgot all about it. I've never... I've actually kind of thought... I... I've kind of been thinking that my whole life to this point has been a, like I've been dead since then. <laughs> and no, none of my life has actually happened. You, you died that at that very moment. Not because they beat me because they were mad. Like I, I had a heart attack and died. <laughs> Set your grandparents down to show them the hardest pornography you've ever seen. No. Yeah, I would you die. die. You're you're right. I, my heart you would die explode. If that um, <laughs> how did your your grandparents react? Um, did they know what they were looking at? Well, I think I I I bet you they've seen it. I bet you they've seen that before in their lives. 
but they definitely just pretended they didn't see it or didn't oh think God. about it. You know, it was just silent. Uh, <laughs> so it was kind of the worst moment of my life. Dude, you're probably in the coma right now. You're you're like making up the bogus cast. You're making up Bryce. You're making I'm, up. I'm gonna be mad that I didn't make up more extravagant shit if I really am in a coma right now. <laughs> you're saying that this is not ex- extravagant enough. Well, I'm not saying that, but I am saying it's not as extravagant <laughs> as I don't know, hanging out with Tony Hawk regularly or something like that. Or John Candy, but <laughs> or John Candy. You know wow. what I mean? Wow, that is a, an absolute road trip mishap. Well, there you have it. A uh, little quick review of Dutch. Yeah, man, we saw Dutch. hardcore pornography. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, sometimes, look, man, when you're in middle school and you got a VCR camera, it, honestly, you know what? I'm not ashamed because... I had a VCR camera at 13, and that was the grossest that's thing I did pretty, with it. That's pretty good. You know good. what I mean? Yes. Like, yeah. a lot of other kids would be like, I better film myself beaten off. You know what I mean? There's that yeah. weird instinct that kids have when they get around cameras and stuff that, like that. That has happened to a friend of mine, and their yeah, parents yeah. found it. But, um... Hey, man, I was... You're right. Uh, you're right. You're absolutely right. But Big Ed once said... Uh, the Forever Bogus Podcast is sponsored by Ed's Retro Arcade and Chili. Uh, yep. But Big Ed talked to me recently. Uh, well, not really talked to him. He sent me an email. But he wanted me to remind our listeners to rate and review us on whatever platform that they're listening to podcasts on. But I'll be frank with you, Gobbler. Uh, yeah. He kind of pissed me off this time because he actually wants me to go back and re-record the ending for every one of our last seven episodes. So it will include the whole rate and review us. I'm going to say no on that, pal. Yeah. But uh, Thanksgiving is right around the corner. And then right after that is our very merry, bogus Christmas season. I still like to celebrate it. I love love the nostalgia that surrounds Christmas. But we cannot forget about Thanksgiving. The gobbler. The gobbler. You won't forget me. Every year. (laughs) Christmas gets closer and closer to Halloween. I walk into Walmart on November 3rd, and it's Christmas trees. <laughs> Never again. The skies will rave with potatoes and gravy. Uh, so we might actually have one little surprise Thanksgiving episode before Thanksgiving. But yeah, otherwise, we're going to be producing hopefully a few episodes for the very merry, bogus Christmas season. Yeah, if we could think about anything to talk about or whatever. Yeah, or maybe we'll get a special guest on if Ed approves it. Maybe. Who knows? Maybe. But anyway, until then, always remember to be kind. Rewind. And we'll never forget Thanksgiving. That was good. And we'll never forget to gobble, gobble. Y'all should know this. Forever bogus. Y'all should know this. This be the best in the universe. But in all seriousness, Ed, I am not about to re-record all those episodes. I don't think he understands how a podcast even works. I think that he understands, uh, look, I am so thrilled about our sponsor at the Ed's, um, the Ed's Retro Arcade in Chile, and I, and I'm looking forward to the future. I just have a new, you know, refreshed outlook on things, and I think it's just going to be better, you know what I'm saying, if, uh, if we all 
get on board. You know, uh, basically, here's the thing. I don't know, man. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Yeah, I'm listening. I had a change in heart. Because I, I felt the way you felt, and I had a conversation with him, and I just feel like it's just going to be a good, it's going to be a good thing. He has, uh, basically, he's got me on this thing, and it's, it, basically what it is, is I buy, let's just give you a number, I buy 40 boxes of diet pills from him, and, what? no, just wait, just wait, just wait, just wait, because look, it's, it's like printing money, and it, and he wants to get you in on it too, and I think you're gonna love it. Basically, uh, he has say you buy 40 boxes from him, and you sell those 40 boxes to uh, somebody underneath you, okay? And they like like at this a higher. This is sounding like a pyramid scheme. No, it's not a pyramid. What happens is it starts with one person, uh-huh. Ed. He sells it to two people below him, which would uh, be us. Right, pure, uh, it appears to be a pyramid, but it's not. It, it isn't. You're right. It's in. It looks uh, more like a triangle, I guess. Nah, it's in the sh- it's in the shape of a pyramid. You're right. Fuck. Okay, maybe maybe we should talk about this later, dude. Right. Uh, <laughs> well, I'm already. Uh, I, that doesn't really work for me because I'm already in the hole for about forty boxes of this diapel stuff. Oh, you're you're serious? Yeah. Oh, dude, that's. That's not good. Well, we we gotta figure this out, okay? No, no, no. This, uh, well, may, okay. <laughs> uh, Bryce, actually, I've been meaning to talk to you. I have a very new, exciting product that I think that. No, I, I'm no. I'm gonna end this call. I'm ending this okay. call. All right.